Happy New Year, screenwriters. Some of you out there might be hoping that 2023 is your year, but you're down in the trenches with bills and day jobs and life obstacles keeping you from doing what you want to be doing the most, making art. But we at Bespectacle Mofo Content have devised a formula that bypasses all the nonsense, all the obstacles, and allows you to practice your craft, fill your creativity soul bank, and not break your bank account while doing it. Welcome to the Cinema Challenge Series. Our first round is the definitive take on how to make a movie for $1,000. Yes, we have done this before, but this is why the information that we have now is the most viable that it's ever been. Everything you're ever going to need or encounter on your journey all summed up in a live three-hour virtual workshop where you can not only follow along with a free exclusive workbook, but also ask questions to further tailor our advice to your specific needs. Our holiday special is over, but for listeners of this podcast, we are offering 30% off with the code BMOFO23, all caps. And with that code, you also get the holiday special of us promoting your film. All you have to do is send us the trailer for your film within a year of taking our virtual workshop, and we'll shout it out on all Bespectacle Mofo-related social media. If interested, please register with the link below or email us at rob at bmofo.net for more info. Our YouTube channel is also available with shortened versions of the content we plan to offer in the virtual workshop. Find those links in the description of this podcast, and thanks for allowing us to be a part of your journey. Hello, my name is Robert Hagens. And I'm Kay Tuxford. And this is episode 70 of Screenwriting from the Trenches, a podcast about the craft and expression of screenwriting in all of its forms from the perspective of writers just like you. Um, this week, I'm going to say this is the most <laughs> dramatic entry. Okay, keep going. Um, this week, Kay and I are talking the everyday screenwriter inspired by a Twitter thread by Christopher Kramer, who we have with us on the show today. Hello, Christopher. Hello. Um, but at first, as always, we, we must discuss what is screenwriting Twitter, a Twitter about. Take it away, Zach. It's just another day in screenwriting drama, screenwriting drama, screenwriting drama. It's just another day in screenwriting drama. It's another day in screenwriting drama. We're back. So uh, on Screenwriting Twitter this week, I found out that asking questions will give you views. Uh, this new sort of trend of um, views over likes um, based on whatever new fun algorithm uh, Space Karen has put into Twitter um, has got people just asking the most. I mean, people used to do this before, but I feel like now it's an epidemic of just people just asking random inane questions and then it's just like in order to get the the things and then you respond under one and if you were responding to the wrong one man you were getting notifications for days i i did one where um uh somebody had posted something about um about jurassic park and i just did one little inoffensive comment where i was just like yeah no there you can learn a lot from jurassic park um where about dinosaurs you, yeah about <laughs> about um but like the mr dna sequence is oh, a sure. very yeah it's very you know it's a very good uh screenwriter technique and people still use it uh most notably with the miss minute scene from loki and mm -hmm. that just continues to blow up it's like <laughs> just the the likes and views are legion um just that one comment. It was crazy. And I was just you like, know you can turn those notifications off. I do. Thank you very much for that, Kate. Yeah. That's, that's um, a PSA for everybody out there on Twitter. When it just goes ping, 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 you could just go mute this thread. 
and then it, you're done with it. That's what I like to do because once I've said what I want to say, I'm like, I'm done. Are you? Um, no, but last <laughs> last week when I wasn't here, I had a thread go pretty hot for a while and I had to like I, I know, know we like... were supposed to talk about it. it was literally in the outline last week I had like uh Kate Tuxford offers advice regrets it that was in the the outline <laughs> and then someone did show up and then it was I couldn't talk about it with Sev who we had on last week uh the producer I mean you could have you could have talked sh- shit about me but I'm sure Seth would be like I didn't read it I didn't see it yeah yeah I know so the the humor was all lost Kate Tuxford that's that's oh, what I'm, I'm telling so you so sorry yes I went missing for the lost. missing you podcast. did you were yeah. missing for the missing podcast okay yeah. anyway it, it was like it really that was the funny part about it like at first it was like Kate Tuxford is missing so we have the producer of missing um <laughs> this, not to I'm talk not gonna live this down I'm not gonna live this down nope. but um I did. Yeah, I did miss the miss it. Um, anyway, more fun things on Twitter. Yeah, uh, which is movie pass is officially back and relaunching. Um, does anyone remember movie pass? Third verse, like, same as the first. <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, when it first like when it first came out, it was like thirty dollars a month. People were like murmur, murmur. And then they did their big like it's going to be ten dollars a month. And it was. I don't know if you had movie pass at that time, Rob, but it was like, it was a beautiful golden age. Um, yeah. <clears throat> where people were seeing like every movie in the world and they were on like, premiere, oh, wait, um, not right. Yeah. you. We were doing it and it was like, oh, this is coming out, you know, Thursday night, Friday. And like, we were just living at the movie theater. Right. Um, and they went bankrupt. I don't know. Twice. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how that model didn't work for them. Um, but now you they're knew. coming back and they're doing a credit system where you can, like, it costs less. You get so many credits a month. And uh, if you go to, like, a premiere, that's going to cost more of your credits than, like, going to a movie on Tuesday. Oh, okay. um, so so we'll see how that goes. Um, but I'm kind of curious because since Movie Pass came out, most of the movie theaters, like Regal, here in AMC, I think even Harkins, uh, which is Southwestern, and I realize does not translate to other places, but um, is the best movie theater. Um, nope, 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 yeah. not going to let you give away with that. Nope, yeah. nope, nope. We stand uh, Alamo Draft House on this podcast, and you know that. Don't don't try to get away. Don't try to sneak that they in. They didn't. There. They don't. They did just Alamo Draft House decided not to uh, build next to my house, and so that's a slight. Well. I've never forgiven them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I mean, that sounds more like a fault of your house than on uh, the, the path of uh, Alamo Drive. Listen, I live in California. A house cannot move, and I cannot afford to move from this house. <laughs> um, yeah, we have to just stay. Um, anyway, uh, what I was saying is a lot of those have created subscription programs, so I don't know if MoviePass is really going to, like, fill in. Like, AMC's MoviePass program, you get to see, like, I even to call it their movie press program. You get to see like three a month. Well, yes, um, there's stubs. Um, is there is there movie is there uh their stubs, past yeah. program? Yeah. Um and Kay Tuxford, are you not a member of Stubs? Aren't you a member of the Stubs? I was before the pandemic, and then my family was like, Can you not bring COVID home? And I said, That's fair. Um, and so I'm considering going back because my um my producing friend Julia, that she has an AMC that just uh, opened near her house, and so and she's been using it to just go continuously watch Babylon. 
Um, wow. So I'm afraid if I do get a pass, I'm going to have to keep watching Babylon with her. Um, yeah. And I've seen it. I just don't think I'm ready to see it that many times. Uh, Chris, Chris, do you have any uh, any passes, any um, any particular dog in the movie cheating uh, theater fight? Uh, no, I really don't. I'm, you know, up in the Portland area, we have, you know, plenty of AMCs, but, uh, none of them are, are that close to where I live. And then, um, you know, we got Regal. Regal, I think has a similar pass system, yeah. uh, that I haven't done, but you know, I, I'm in an outskirts of Portland. So I'm in Sandy, Oregon, kind of by Mount hood. Um, so we got kind of a more local, uh spot in town whose prices are very reasonable and so uh there's no pass system so i can't wait for regal to get bought out by somebody else i really feel like they're the worst franchise that i really do i they're i just at least the one here near me is it's always been um really really bad um just yeah not been a fan i i like i i literally got a a regal gift card for christmas and i sold it uh <laughs> sold it at a loss this is a true story i we got a like somebody gave me and like a regal gift card for christmas and i was almost like do you not know me do you not know who i am like i feel like this is almost be like tr- like a like a troll present like this is this is bad so i literally found a service online that like buys your gift cards at like a discount and I got, and I was like, you know, sixteen regular dollars is better than twenty five dollars in, um, like gift cards from Regal, and I sold it. That's how I feel about Regal. So, Chris, you might learn that Rob is just a salty, angsty mofo sometimes, where he just he draws that line That's in the sand. That's mofo to UK Tuxford. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've I've um, listened to some episodes, so uh, okay, okay. Yeah. So he, he's salty as fuck. Um, <laughs> Chris is like, I'm familiar with that. Your dynamic. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. thank you. Thank you. Um, also, uh, the other thing on Twitter, which was kind of fun to wake up to this morning, is Zachary Levi posts some anti-vax shit, um, which is, I know, like Christopher just gave a look like, what? Yeah, as yeah. if I needed another reason not to see Shazam, um, like, you know, Fury of the Gods, um, especially now. So I had one of my favorite YouTubers was just like, do we care about this movie at all? Because now, like, like he said, like, um, like James, uh, James Gunn and uh, Peter Safran have come in and basically said, like, we're rebooting the whole DC, uh, universe. Yeah. So does it matter? Are we supposed nope. to care? Right. Is it part of the story? Yes. Right. So now I'm like, oh, wait, Zachary Levi is also a shithead. All right, cool. All right, I'm done with that. Don't need it. That's another yeah. movie. not get my money. Thanks, DC. Um, just I need I like I you know I was kind of thinking because I kind of like the first Shazam. Like of all the DC kind of stuff, it was just like of the best. It was like Shazam and Wonder Woman. Those are the movies that I liked. And then it was just like oh, and the yeah. Second Suicide Squad. Um, oh yeah. Just, yeah. And then I was just kind of like all right. And then but then uh, Zachary Lee, I was just like, um, and I'm like okay, cool. Don't need to see your movie. Thanks. I'll save it yeah. for the next Marvel movie. Yeah, I think I think I don't I don't know. It's supposed to, it seems so late in the game to be if you're if you made it this far and you're just kind of rumbling and anti-vax and stuff. It seems to me like maybe you could just like keep it under wraps and just like save it for like yeah. oh he's giving a speech around his house to his friends. But no, like at this point he's just very much like I'm gonna put that shit on Twitter, even though like 
I don't know, the pandemic's been raging for three years. You know, you'd think. Good times. Yeah, I was going to say, most of my nutty anti-vaxxers are at least quiet now. So it seemed like he was kind of like behind the times. I, I just, for me, it's like, you know, I don't know. We um, were the whole thing of like, you know, our parents didn't have really like a problem with it. You know, it was like if you think about going to the school in the 90s and being that Karen who's like, I'm not vaccinating my children against chicken pox and like the things and stuff like that. They're all the parents would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? The school like, would be like your, your kid can't come in. Yeah. Also, your kid can't come to school because they'll get all the rest of our kids sick. And now yeah. these parents are just like, it's the microchips. And you're just like, all right. All right. I don't, I don't yeah. know when we decided to enter bizarro world where we just like decide to let kooky people on the internet like you know like I, I mean this could this could be a whole podcast where we can wonder as that i can assure you that uh i have some relatives who are anti-vax and they send me some quote-unquote i have a degree in biology and they send me some scientific proof and <laughs> i assure you it's always a youtube video um, which I explained is not a peer-reviewed paper. I love um, those. I love those. Yeah. I get those from uh, from uh, flat earthers. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, and then they, you know, they always go on to, you know, to sort of make some sort of like, like, like rid- ridiculous like claims of like water doesn't bend, and they're always and they're always like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Have they seen Avatar and the Waterbenders? No, they have not. And they like you know, yeah. but they but they're also they're always doing something like they'll say like water doesn't bend, but they're standing like by a body of water that is literally being bent by the land, and you're just like okay, like I don't I don't know how you're unaware of taking this L. Like, is this a troll video? Did, like, have you seen? Sorry, I gotta interrupt here for a second. Have you seen the document? There's a documentary. I want to say it's on Netflix. It's on one of the streamers, but it's a flat earther documentary. And in it, they do a they they devise a scientific experiment to prove their point, and it fails and actually proves that there is a curve to the earth. Right. And as you're seeing it, like you're as they're trying to process what's happening, they like shoot a laser over a long distance <laughs> and have a target you know, miles away that it's supposed to hit. And they're like, if you, if you hold it right here, it's going to hit the target and it's not hitting. And they're like, why is the laser not hitting? And then the guy just lifts it up over his head and it hits. And so like, as a viewer, you're like, okay, you're, you're almost there. What does this mean now? And they're like, there's a flaw in this. We got to go back to the train. Right. They would not. They're so me. deeply entrenched. And you're just like, man, come on, man. Come on. Like, oh man. It's so I was beautiful. on the edge of my seat, like, ooh, ooh, this is the moment they realize. Right. Are they gonna wrong. get it? Are they yeah, gonna yeah. get it? No, 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 they're no, not. They're no, not no, no, no way. No Back way. Drawing water doesn't way. bend. Have you met a glass of water? Have you have you seen that? That phenomenon? Have you ever drink in a glass of water? It's bending in the in the glass. In the glass. And in, and when you drink it, it bends all around you. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. Okay. None of none okay. Gravity I mean, doesn't exist. Yeah, sure. you, you, nope. you have intestines. They're like a curly yeah. cue in your body. Uh, like a little roller coaster. by NASA's fake? Yeah. All right, cool. Okay. Yeah. Cool story, bro. Um, just I would I would love to watch like fake NASA where they're like, <laughs> when they were first Oh my like, God, that's a great show. Hey, Tom, did you just up. come up with yeah. a great show idea? Fake NASA. 
But I think it would do more harm than good because you'd have a bunch of people be like, see, they get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not ready to stand behind that. I have a friend who <laughs> uh made an indie film about guns and militias, and now they think he's like alt-right. Uh and oh, he's no, like, poor Henry, most- no. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, they missed the theme of it, which was like cops right. are bad and militias are bad. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, they're just like, that's right, Henry gets this guy it. fucking gets it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Okay. Speaking of getting it, yeah. um, we have Christopher here we, and he's going to get it. Uh, or we're going to get him. I was going to say, that just seemed menacing. Like, no, I both of those sound say, menacing. What did I sign up for? Yeah. yeah. Actually, both sides of that sound menacing. We're, he's going to get it or we're going to get him. That Both of those sound terrible. No, no, no. We have got... Nope. Chris, still not I right. come in peace. Um, I don't know what Rob is planning for this hour. Violence. Um... As always, I woke up and chose violence. No, 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 no. Um, first of all, we're going to ask Christopher, how did he get into this business that we call show? Oh, man. Um, I, mean, I don't have a super sexy answer to that uh, <laughs> question, if I'm being honest. Uh, no, look, I... Have Should we only... light some candles and put some <laughs> nice music on? Let me, let me get some mood lighting going. Uh, yeah. No, so... I was sitting in the bath. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, no, I... Uh, you know, have always been um, into everything artistic. Uh, as a kid, I was a theater kid. Uh, I, you know, we had a comic book shop in my small town. Um, yeah, so I would walk to the comic book shop and and buy comic books. You know, once a week, and um, loved drawing uh, as a kid. So I would draw my my. You know, I would copy the comic books and and draw the squares and so i was always doing that the, kind of stuff. how to draw marvel the comics way uh how to draw comics the marvel way no no but i wish i would have yeah i had that, that. Been super helpful um i just had trial and error of like that's not that doesn't look like a hand let me try that who again. did you draw the most and was it spider-man <laughs> okay um hundred let me just show you i know on the podcast i can't see it but my ring is actually spider-man uh, so for sure it was Spider-Man. Absolutely. Okay, that's uh-huh. what I feel like. That was a personal attack against me, and I and I feel like you know we've known each other too long for you to to antagonize me. This listen, is there, I think there Spider-Man... a backstory here that I don't know about. No, I just know every guy uh, I grew up with in high school that loved comics. I mean, Peter Parker's a high schooler, so automatically that's an instant like I get you, Peter, yeah. and he's funny, and so everybody wishes they were as quippy as Spider-Man. So I could yeah. definitely see some. Some teen boys reading Spider Man and going, yeah, this is this is my this is my guy. This is my spirit animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. I I mean, I grew up on like X Men because there was a lot of badass women, and I'm like, I'm rogue. Don't touch me. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm just so special and super powerful. Like, I, there's 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 equivalents. You know. Sure. Okay. That's what yeah. we're going with. Uh, anyway, Chris. So you were um, before Kate interrupted with her lies. Um, um, <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. I yeah. was I was into all of that stuff. Um, really into movies, and in 2000, well, in, in I graduated high school in 2003. That my senior year, uh, my buddies and I decided to write a script. It was it was awful, um, but we wrote it and then we filmed a trailer based on some of the scenes uh, in it. And that really started getting me going that direction. Uh, I don't don't even think I had read a script before we started writing that. So I can't even imagine what that looked like on the page. (laughs) Um, But then um, in 2007, I sat down and decided I wanted to write scripts. Uh, And so I started downloading 
sc- screenplays that I could find online of movies that I liked. Uh, and I, but I, I started to adapt a book I didn't have the rights to. It was just like, that was my way of like trying it out was just like, what is this form? How do I format it? You know, I, I guess I probably felt like I couldn't create a scene of my own. So it was like, can I take a scene from a book? Cause that's like, when I read books, I think I, I visualize it cinematically. Uh, and so I was like, oh, let me just take this concept, this visual that I have in my head and see if I can write a, a movie out of it. And so I started that screenplay in 2007. I didn't finish it. Uh, and then my life went a bunch of other directions, took me very far away from all of that stuff. And uh, I came back to it in, I think, 2017 and started to really have the urge to write again. And so in 2017, I decided to finish that script just to get it out of my system. So I did that and um, that catapulted me into my next script and, and so forth. And and now here I am. So the lesson at home, boys and girls and, and, and non-binaries is that finish that script in your drawer um, even if it takes you 10 years and then you will win AFF, Just, yes. you know, those things exactly connect. Right. It's, yeah. it's linear. Yeah. Lovely. Sure. Lovely. I mean, you and I have a very similar sort of background. Like I, I very much like wrote my first screenplay in uh, high school and I taught myself, um, but that was so funny to me. I thought that script form was like adaptable. Like you could write your own form of script, like screenwriting, like, or, or like that, you know, you could make your own form of, screenplays and i remember my first few scripts were just like me sort of adapting the format very much to like more novelish kind of uh thing because i was used to short stories so i sort of identify with your like i can't even imagine what that looked like on the page like that first script um but then you realize it's like oh yeah no uh these things have a real format and they they really don't they don't really move outside of the box of that um and you have to get your your ish together but speaking of of winning uh austin film festival you had a really great uh thread on twitter about you winning and then telling your family and and there was a it was an interesting reaction can you tell us all about that uh i'm gonna be honest with you i don't remember exactly um how that thread went but um i will i can still tell you kind of what that uh, experience was like so I, i you know when I started writing again, I didn't want there to be expectation within my, you know, close circle. Um, uh, one uh, part of it's because I have bounced around uh, a lot in my life. I, you know, if I, if I went down to like all the things I've done up to this point in 37 years, it, it sounds kind of absurd because I just have dabbled, you know, I've become like the Jack of all trades, master of nothing, you know, along the way. Um, and so I, I think I have a reputation for changing my mind a lot, um, you know? And so I felt like if I, cause right, you know, I have a stable career as a teacher and a master's degree in education. And so it felt like, oh yeah, you know, in my thirties, if all of a sudden my family knows that I'm going back to, to write screenplays again and kind of going back to the creative side of me, like I was in my twenties, they're going to feel like, oh, here he goes again, you know, making some huge life change uh, for no good reason. And so I just kept it to myself. Um, I, you know, my wife knew that I was writing and she 
tolerates all of my hobbies. I'm, I have a personality <laughs> that when I get into something, I go like a thousand percent into it and I have to do the deep dives and the research and the, the whole thing. And so she just kind of gets out of my way and goes, yeah, yeah, do, do what you need to do. Cause it, you know, it's what keeps me centered. Um, and so she knew I was writing as a hobby, but didn't really know how serious I was about it. She wasn't reading any of my stuff. So it wasn't like she had any idea of like what the quality was. Um, and even when I entered uh, a couple of contests last year, last year was my first year of entering any contests. Uh, so I entered script pipeline. I entered the screen craft sci-fi competition. And then as a last minute, like, ah, whatever, let's just see what happens. I, I threw it in, in Austin, um, right at the deadline. Like, just like, okay, yeah, let's, let's throw this out there and see what happens. Um, but I didn't tell, I didn't tell anybody that I had entered anything because again, I figured it was all going to come back in failure and I didn't want to have to, I, I just wanted to be able to soak in that failure myself. I didn't want to have right. to go to my wife and be like, well, remember that thing I did? Well, I didn't get it. So let's just <laughs> move on, you know? And so, and then I whiffed, I didn't place in script pipeline. I didn't place in the screencraft sci-fi competition and I had had you know, as you do, you get excited, right? So you, you put notifications in, well, at least I do, this is me speaking but for myself, but I put notifications on my phone and my calendar of like when they're going to make those announcements. And so then it's like, Ooh, okay. It's a week away. Um, and when I whiffed on the first two, I just deleted all of the rest of the notifications. <laughs> on my phone. I, I deleted, I deleted all of the Austin notification on my phone. And I just, I basically forgot that I even put it in Austin and just kind of moved on. And, and again, it was nice. Cause I didn't have to face anybody with it. It was just kind of like, you know, it, it was my, you can just be like, Oh, that never happened. You're right. Yeah. I just got to move yeah. on myself. Um, and then one day I get in my car at the end of the day, I check my email and a notification from Austin pops up and it's the semifinal notification. And I, I had to reread it multiple times just sitting in my car um, <laughs> because I was like, this, this is, has to be a mistake, right? Like this, this can't be real. Like, it could have oh. been, they did It could have been, and it could have been. So yeah. I, I had a reason to, to doubt, uh, I guess. And so I, I came home and I, I tossed my wife, I came in the door and I tossed my wife my phone. I said, you need to read that email and then we need to talk. Um, and so that was the first, I mean, that notification, her reading that email was the first that she knew that I'd even entered anything. Um, and so Aww. then it was, then it was like, Hey, by the way, this is just like, uh, you know, a month or so away and we should probably go and it's over your birthday. And wouldn't that be cool if I took you to Austin for your birthday? So I could go. <laughs> I love uh, how he frames that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, don't, didn't you always want to go to didn't Texas? Didn't you always want to go to Austin and just let me go to a conference? Yeah. You love writers, guns, yeah. right? Yeah. You're totally, you're about guns and, yeah. and barbecue, right? And barbecue. Right. Yeah. That's you. Like, so yeah, so oh, so she she went with me, and so then that whole experience was was its own thing, uh, and then I won. But then when I I won, you know, then you have to start having that conversation with people like, hey, I won this thing, and they're like, you were, how did you win? When were you writing? What <laughs> like we didn't know you were doing this, and it's like, yeah, no, I know it's weird. So like a lot of my conversations with my family had to be, I had to have this preamble of like. Okay, so back in 2017, I started writing again. And now here we are in 2022, and I entered this thing and I won. And so I know it sounds weird, but I wrote a screenplay. And they're like, why, when, huh, what? 
and most of them confuse screenwriting and playwriting. Um, mm. So mm. I get a lot of like, how's your play doing? Like, well, I don't oh. play, so <laughs> it's they, not they doing do... well. <laughs> You're like, no, no. They keep uh, telling no me that they're going to need cameras to, to, to do it. And I'm just like, it's not why I wrote it. You know, I didn't, you know, I didn't want people to see it, um, you know. <laughs> No, but that's, you know, I, you know, I get do, that. Do you ever get the question? So when, am, when is it going to be on the TV or oh, when, is when, it- when are we going to be able to watch it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is yeah. a common question. Um, yeah. When, when are we going to be able to watch it? Are they making it? You know, cause the, you want Austin film festival. So are, they're making this right. Like, right. Yep. No, nope, that's not how this works at all. I know. Yeah. I won script pipeline with a writing partner back in 2016 and uh, the TV category. And they're like, so when can I see this on the TV? And I'm like, Oh, Oh no. That's not <laughs> yeah. How this works. Yes. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish that'd be great, but no. it'd be awesome. It'd no. Be yeah. It would so, be a lot more fun if this industry did like a contest or some sort of like gauntlet and the person who wins at the end just gets whatever made. So what's been the fallout, um, you know, out in sort of the, in the screenwriting world as a result of you uh, winning uh, AFF with your pilot? Well, I, I think in some ways it's still early days. The timing, I, I did a thread on this as well on Twitter, but like the timing of Austin is just, it's really rough uh, because it's right you, before the town shuts down. It's right before everything shuts down. So, you know, you're there and they're going, how do you capitalize on competition success? Well, the moment you leave here, you should be querying. You got to query. Um, people are going to have a short attention span. So like this is going to happen and then people are going to forget about it. So you got to get in front of them right away. But you basically have a three week time period from the moment they actually announce it and it goes in deadline and that whole thing you have a three week time span before Thanksgiving and then another couple weeks before everything shuts down for Christmas. And then, you know, you get told that it basically it doesn't open up until after this weekend, which is Sundance. Right. And, and so um, it's a, it's a big hurry up and wait thing. Um, you, and I talked to some of the other people who won this year, you know, we check in with each other, how are things going? And um it's slow. I like, that's all I can say. It's slow. And I think this year was a particularly weird time because we're coming up on, you know, what could be a potential writer strike in May, which I think also changes how the industry is going through these months leading up to that. Yep. Um, so it was like right away. I mean, people set up, I, I had some meetings set up while I was in Austin, you know, they got set up prior to going down there just on the fact that I was a finalist. And so that was kind of nice you know, had those early meetings kind of there, met some people at Austin that requested the script. Um, so sent those off, did some querying, had, you know, some success querying, not a ton, um, but have had a little bit of success in terms of getting people to uh, request the script. And, and then it is wait, um, you know, the holidays hit and you wait. And so talking to other people who, one this year it's like yep they've taken some meetings they've sent the script out they've got some passes they are still waiting to hear back from a majority of the people you know who they haven't even heard back from since they sent it to them so that's where i'm at as well you know i'm, I'm hoping i did have one manager who i had some good conversations with that ultimately was a pass um it was a 
not yet. You know, it, it wasn't a no forever. It was a no for now, um, which mm-hmm. at least left the door open. And, you know, he was like, send me, send me the next script. I'm a fan. You know, I just, I, he was somebody who wanted his clients to have more in the tank uh, than I currently have, you know, ready to go, which is fine. I totally get it. Uh, I kind of expected it. You know, um, I was not expecting to place and or win Austin. So, you know, it's like, but you don't get to choose when those things happen. And so I, I don't have a lot in the the tank ready to go, you know, in, in terms of like polished completed things. Um, Wayward was not my first script, but um, it is definitely the most polished complete thing that I have. So um, it might as well be, it might as well be the first thing. Um, just to, I go ahead, Kay. Bob, I want to ask a question. Go ahead. Okay. Go so ahead. Um, now that you're out as a screenwriter and family knows and everyone knows, are you able to kind of put some writing time, dedicate some writing time and work on that next project? Do they know like, Oh, Chris is writing now. Uh, yes. Um, in theory. Yes. My, especially my wife, right. My wife um, has always been really accommodating in that way, but more so now that it's like a potential career option. Mm. Um, you know, she's even more willing to say like, yeah, let's make sure you have time to do this. Um, I have two kids, uh, a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. Um, and so, and, (laughs) and, uh, in August we decided we, we let the kids talk us into getting a dog. And so between the two kids and a dog that is now a toddler, um, it's like, it is impossible. It feels like it's impossible just to keep a train of thought going for any amount of time. Um, so yes, I am cart. You know, I do have that ability now to say, "Hey, I need to go sit down and write. I need to to carve out some time." But um, finding it more difficult right now than it even was a year ago to um, keep the the mind clear and uh, focused for any amount of time. So, copy, copy. Yeah, what kind of I- dog are we talking? Oh, we Hi. thought we got a Siberian Husky. That's what we uh, sought after. Um, uh-huh. We have figured out very quickly that this is not a full-bred Siberian Husky, that this must be part Malamute because um, he's already I- at seven months um, bigger than he was supposed to be full-grown. So I'm so excited. My uh, my childhood dog growing up is was part Malamute. Um, we got him from the pound. So they, you know, they're like, we guess. Um, right. But they told us he was like a full grown dog. And so we're like, oh, he's, you know, he's like 25, 30 pounds. He's a good size. And he was a puppy and he got to be about 125 pounds. Oh my God. So, 125. That's like, what was he mixed with? Um, Probably also another sled dog. <laughs> yeah. But he was big. He was big. He was He's a little on the chunky side. That is a side, Marmaduke. That is yeah, a Marmaduke. Yeah, he's a big dog. Yeah, it's I thought huge. I thought dogs were that size. I didn't realize. Like Good my God. my partner now, she she loves Chihuahuas, and we have a Chihuahua Terrier who's like, I mean, I wouldn't kick it, but very kickable. You could just you know launch her if you wanted to, and I didn't know you could do that with a dog. No, I would no. never kick the dog. Sorry, Don't, Ellie that, is that like the just... run of the litter. She's like you know she's like a husky lab mix, and yeah. she like. All of her, you know, all of her litter, they're like a little bigger than her. She's definitely like the smallest, but I'd like her because she's just like in that medium dog size. She's just like, you know, she's about 70 pounds and, you know, she's just. (laughs) That is medium dog size to me as well. Thank you. Yeah. And she's just like, you know, there she is. She's so great. 
And, you know, she like if she jumps up on you and you're just like, oh, you're cute. But not like, oh, my God, you're like knocking me over like a thing, you know, like giant. My dogs. childhood dog would push us out of our own beds at night. He would crawl in there, you know, your feet. And you're like, oh, good, you're warm. And then he'd kind of like get up and like wiggle himself between the wall and you and just kind of stretch out and you just you'd be on the floor. Um, so that's that's the downside. So don't as your as your little pup gets, you know, gets older, don't don't let him push you out of bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Giant dogs. I got so distracted, but I'm sorry. That was a great. No, that's okay. That's okay. Everybody will love this part of the podcast. People love talking about dogs. Um, but let's uh go move on to the nitty gritty. Yes. Hey, Tuxford. Yes. Let's uh let's get into it. Let's get into the real shit. Um, mm-hmm. you know you know what I'm talking about. You know Our what I'm signature about. questions. Our signature questions. Oh, we have two of them. Oh, you can um, ask the first one. Yeah. Um, so we have two signature questions that we ask our guests. And the first one is Christopher, do you like writing? Do you do you do you get the is it the juice for you? Is that is you know, how do you feel about that writing? I I do love the act of writing. Yes, I do. I enjoy I enjoy writing. That's not to say it's not painful. <laughs> at times um but i do and you know i isn't the cliche statement that people always say like i enjoy having written you yeah know, like yes. i do i do enjoy i writing for me is i have these thousand ideas just pinging around in my head and it just gets to a point where like i've got to get these out of my head i've got to get these down on, on paper and so um i do enjoy that process one because it clears my head and two because I do enjoy reading it later and going, oh, that's not as shitty as I thought it was. So, <laughs> yeah. That always yeah. is nice when you like open up something you haven't had read in a while and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kay Tuxford, uh, do I get to ask a question? You know, the, oh, okay. This one's very, very important. Um, okay. Uh, more important than Rob's question. Wow. Which is, do you outline or are you a pantser? I will say that I am uh, a work in progress. So um, I I currently will say I'm an outliner. Oh. Um, and in fact, I'll, let me see here if I can see. Oh, can... look at his board. Oh, wow. Let me see if I can get that. Oh, wow. Well, different uh, color can... post. Is it post-its or little three-by-fives? It's, it's little three-by-five. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's note cards that I've cut up into various sizes and that mm-hmm. I put up there and, mm-hmm. and they're different colors because this particular wow. new project is an ensemble. And so the different colors are helping me track each character, each character. Story. That's smart. And that's a little pro tip out there for you folk. Um, color coordinate your, uh, when you outline as you should do, uh, color coordinate your note cards so that you get more information. Rob, illegal, he's, illegal, he's, illegal statement. No, 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 no. He's no. That's on my statement. team. Nope. Nope. Oh I'm claiming him. I started, I started on Rob's team. I was a pantser. But then you saw the light. Well, I, I did see the light, uh, because I wrote myself into corners that, uh, took me a long time to like, I, I was like, I'm stuck. I, did not think this through. Um, I don't know how I'm going to write myself out of this corner now. And I did this with Wayward. So Wayward, 
started out as a feature um, and pivoted to a pilot once I realized that there was a bunch of characters I wanted to delve deeper into and um, that there was more to the world that I wanted to explore than I could do in a feature. But um, so that was part of the problem, right? So that, that, that caused part of the dilemma, but I started out with a rough outline, like real rough beginning, middle, and end. This is how it's going to start. Here's the premise. Some of this stuff's going to happen in the middle and I know I want to end here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just wrote and then I, so then I pantsed it from there and yeah, definitely wrote myself in the corners that my writer's group would be like, so what, how is this? And I'm like, oh yeah, no, I hadn't thought about that. And so it took me a while to unravel some of that when I was writing Wayward. Um, and so it, from that point on, it's like all the new ideas um, go through an extensive outlining phase. See, I, I enjoy that part of the process because like I love to write myself into a corner um, because if I write myself into a place where I'm just like, oh man, I don't know. Like that's so that's 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 the best feeling for me because then the audience doesn't know either because like if I don't know where I'm going, probably the audience doesn't know either. And then if I can find a clever way out, you know, like that's the last thing I want to do is be cheap or like and be like, nah, but I can always go back and be like, all right, no, if this is a thing, then I can go back and add this on page six and now I'm out of the corner. So, you know, like that sort of thing, like, I, you know, screenwriting is, you know, that's that's the best part about it. You know, you can go back and, and do that sort of thing, but I love to write myself in the corners, you, you know dark little mean masochist right now <laughs> you're just like i love torturing myself yep. i love exquisite brain pain okay mm-hmm. i'll okay. do it because then like i said the audience like there's nothing that i love more than my writers group going i don't know where you're going with this i, I i'm here for the story and i'm like i know that you're gonna get it but like i don't know where this is going and it's 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 freaking me out and i'm like good 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 Hey, wow. I, you, I might shift back. Who knows? Because you know, whatever I did for Wayward worked. Um, it didn't always feel like it was working, but you know, it on some level, it it must have worked. I'm saying, if, like, you know, if the if next thing that. flops, then I might be heading back there. You know, he's 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 trying to get you to his side because he's the pantser out of the two of us. Yep. Um, but the more you talk to Rob, the more he explains his pantsing method. It just sounds like outlining with extra steps it's not though it's so not it's just mm, like it's just mm, drafting mm, of like the thing because i'll write like whole structure of the of this no 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 no. because i'll write like you know scene 40 like 43 of 45 like i've done that before where i started the movie on page you know what was probably page like you know like 85 and i'll just write that scene and be like, I don't know, well, this is cool. And then I just go back to the beginning. And like, you know, that's, um, you know, one of my, you know, my biggest sort of uh, success, like around the world, like I started with like this, like literally the the denouement of the movie. I just like started there. And then just like, all right, that's got some legs. That's, that's five good pages. Let's go back to the beginning. And then, you know, just started there from, you know, just kept going. And there are, you know, places where like, like it's not necessarily outlining but i will like if i feel like if i'm coming to a fork and i'm like i want to go this way but the characters want to go in the opposite direction i'll just start a new draft and just like go in on the tangent i'll just write that that tangent i'll just do it and i'm like no this is all right this is working keep going and then that draft is done the draft before it is done this is the new draft 
Like so, so Chris is hearing this process giving you anxiety already. It gives me anxiety. Yeah, yeah, okay, it does, it does, and it actually makes me because it's it's going a direction of another thing that I've been wrestling with my head. So if we have time, I want to, I want to. We have time. Go ahead. We have time. Question. Okay, so uh, Meg Lafoe. Yes, she talks about her rewriting process, and I've heard a lot of other writers say this as well that when they do a rewrite of their script when they start a blank, it's a blank document and they start over. Yeah. I've heard that. Re- Sorkin does that too. That the amount that, I, that boggles my mind. Ugh. Like, and that's kind of what it sounds like a little bit. What you're saying is like, well, if, if the characters decide to go this way, I'm just going to start over and I'm going to write that version of it. And that is not how I have rewritten. <laughs> um, I'm like, I liked this chunk. I'm copy and pasting in that back in there. Right. And now I'm going to, okay, here's my scenes that I forgot that I need to put in. These are new scenes. Okay. But I like this chunk too. This, and this is how this, fit. so I don't start with a blank page on a rewrite. I wonder if I'm doing, you know, it's like, we all wonder, are we doing it wrong? Am I doing it wrong? I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's kind of what I do uh, as well. Actually, what I do is like create a rewrite checklist before I even go into rewrite. I just make a list of the things I want to go in. Because if not, you kind of get lost in the scenes. You're like, oh, that's a pretty good scene. And you're like, why are you looking at that scene? We're looking at three scenes from now. So I that helps me like go in with the scalp and be like page 43 does not work you know and and go from there so but but sometimes especially if it's big changes i'll start a blank document and then i'll start copying and pasting the things that do work and i want to yeah, keep totally yeah which makes sense because then 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 the 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 stuff that's eh doesn't end up making the cut and you can kind of clean it up from there yeah see that's why i think it's so important for me to like uh write that first draft by hand because for me in my brain like I, it goes back to that that thing of like in elementary school where you write it first on the like on the page and then you write the good essay like in the computer and so anything that's you know in my brain I'm wired to think anything on this that I've written down is has to be changed or thrown out because this is the gunk like I'm trying to refine the gunk into the good stuff and so all of this stuff that's on the page, I'll get to like page like 40 and be like, I don't like this scene anymore. Nope, it's gone. I just like skip to 43. <laughs> nope, it's it's good. I don't need this anymore. Or just be like, do I? Mm, nope, not, I don't want to rewrite that. Um, you know, just like, here's a new scene. Or like, if you get to a page, you'd be like, this is starting to bore me. Nope, going in a different direction now. Like, just I just do it. And it just, it's much better for me to do that. And I have that, freedom when I'm like coming from something that I've written on the page. But if I start in the computer, it's much harder for me to be like, I have to do all this work again. And I have to, that's how you see me get to like draft F, you know, where you go from like draft A and like, all right, uh, uh, no, no, it's all bad. So uh, writing from like, you know, just sort of uh, writing by hand those first things plus the by the time i get it to a draft that's like that that's an actual like full finished draft in the computer that's something i don't i'm not afraid to give to someone for notes like it sort of represents a good quality of writing still probably needs changes but is not like brain dump um (laughs) but it's just like why did you hand me this why why did you put me through this um, you know, you sort of have to like 
take a, you know, have mercy on your readers where you want something to like, you know, you know that you need notes, but you don't want it to be a complete piece of shit. Um, yeah. If you find yourself sending out your draft to your readers with, I'm sorry, then um, <laughs> you probably should spend a little bit more time with it. Right. That's kind of like my, my gauge right there. Um, well, let's talk about what are we watching, consuming, writing this week? You want to uh, start? Rob, me? Yeah, you start. Uh, uh, my, I'm used to I'm used to ending everything with a button. Um, so I am still watching The Last of Us. I will be watching more of that tonight. Yes. And um, I just finished a show called Somebody Somewhere, which is also on HBO Max. It's like a one season, uh, very sweet show. Duplasses are all uh, EPing it, so naturally we got to show our indie TV support. Uh, if you like togetherness, this is kind of a sweet uh, found family sort of story. Um, and then. I think last week I watched Bringing Up Baby for the first time. Uh, so I pulled out some classics as well. Harry Grant, Catherine Hepburn. Baby is actually a, I think it's a jaguar. No, it's a jaguar or a cheat. No, it's a jaguar. Yeah. They're trying to bring the jaguar to upper Connecticut and uh, naturally hijinks ensue. Ensue. Mm-hmm. There's also another rogue jaguar on the loose in Connecticut, which leads to some horrible mix-ups. Yeah. Connecticut. Okay. As it would. As, yeah, that, that seems logical. Yeah. I was like, whoever plotted They are this native to that area. I, I've mm-hmm. heard that. Yep. Yep. Chris, what are you uh, watching, consuming, writing? Um, well, The Last of Us uh, is is pretty huge right now. I mean, yep. I'm at a, I, I do love the model with HBO of releasing the stuff on on you know once a week on a Sunday because I get so excited for Sunday um, when when there's new shows out. So Last of Us right now, I'm a big fan. Played the video games, like I'm I'm all in. I'm all in on that one. Um, I as a surprise this last within the last week or so, I watched The Resort on Peacock. It's um, like a dramedy kind of mystery. Um, I I had not heard of it. Like I had heard no, not a single peep about it um, and found it. And I thought it was, it was actually really, really good, really fun. So um, if you haven't watched that, I hmm. suggest it. Um, and then also recently, I really enjoyed Fleischmann's, Fleischmann's in Trouble on Hulu. Oh. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. There's a cool interview with the writer of the book and also the show on uh, the last uh, script notes podcast. Yes. That's, that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, I I uh, I am continuing to to binge my way through Better Call Saul, which is just like it's not fair that this show is better than Breaking Bad. Um, <laughs> you know because like you know Breaking Bad was like the model. You know what I mean? But this is like the perfected model of that show and what Vince Gilligan is able to do like this is one of the ones that I'm glad that I'm that I waited until it was over to watch because like the show rewards you for eagle-eyed um you know remembrance of things that's much better when you're watching it as one giant narrative rather than like week to week and Mm. year to year it just like there's there's all sorts of callbacks that like you'll get and you'll be like, oh yeah, right. Because that just, yeah. Because he said this to Howard, like blah, blah, blah. And like that kind of stuff. And if you're, like I said, if you're watching it just now all in a block, 
that's easy to think. But if you're you're coming at it like, did what season was that? Uh, I know that that's a ding or something like that. Like I would forget like those kind of details. So I'm glad I sort of waited until it was over. But it's it does not seem fair that this show is much so much better than Breaking Bad. It just is, and Jimmy as a character is just is is much better than Walt. And just the watching the world that they built, watching like Gus engineer his own downfall, you're just like, oh my god, Gus, no, come on, let that old man die. Um, you know, just it's so it's so beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it so hard. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's better than Breaking Bad, and I, I don't say that very easily because I think Breaking Bad is the model. Um, but anyway, it's it's really good. Um, also watching The Last of Us, um, which is also, you know, I'm loving uh, the adaptation. I'm looking forward to tonight's episode because it's the Bill episode. Um, and I've been wondering how they're going to do Bill's Town. It's one of my favorite parts of the game. So I'm like looking forward to that. And I've been working on my one pager, um, my noir, my neo-noir uh, uh, low budget Western thriller. And uh, I realized that you have to start at the end before you get back to the beginning. You have to know how it ends. You have to know uh, that there's a head in a box. You have to get to the head in the box. And so. And how I, do you, how do you get to that point? Like, what do you, what, what, you know? I just, for that... me, it's, it's. Mm. Yeah. I just, mm. I, I start with like something that I want to see. And then I just like, oh, Okay. And then, like, the movie sort of reverse engineers itself in my head. Like, there's no outlining here. I mean, I if, just... you were, if, you were to, if you were to reverse engineer it from your head onto paper, what would we call that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if I were to do that, which I won't, it would be called an outline. But okay. that's not how it works. I was going to say, this is that flat earther discovery moment. <laughs> he, we just just lifted, he just lifted the target up in the laser. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> like I said, you just find the, you find the ending and then you're like, all right. And then you're like, oh, okay. And then like literally the movie just like appears in my head. That's not outlining. Like you, you're talking about doing the whole, nah, that's not how we roll. Listen, Rob, we love you. And when you're ready to join us, we will happily accept you. And the yeah, only we actually, reason, this is why we brought you here today. So. Right. Yeah. Intervention. This is an intervention. Right. No, but <laughs> even, and this is the whole thing is, is this is, this isn't even my process. Like I'm only doing this because I have to give it to other people. Otherwise I just write the script. Like this is just a one pager for somebody else. That's Otherwise, generally, just, that, that is generally why they're useful is oftentimes like if I submit a script, the first thing they ask me is like, oh, well, do you have a, synopsis or do you have a right do you have a one page thing so i don't have to read like 90 pages of this where does the series go yeah i just had to answer that they're like can you just summarize this entire series in two paragraphs and i'm like exactly (laughs) oh i already did that i got you yeah okay all right fine yeah i'll do the the the, this is for somebody else stuff otherwise i would just write the script you sound outline curious to me and that's okay No, I am. I am. A, I am a outline for money. I, I, I am not. I am not. Uh, <laughs> I am definitely a whore for hire. Um, I'm, I don't I don't have any shame in that. We're all we all do it. We all do it. Let's say Chris is kind of giving you a look of like maybe not all of us. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, uh, 
I, I forgot to answer the question of, of what I'm writing, but I did uh, show you my board, which I also realize is really good podcast material when I turn my camera and nobody who's listening could hear what I was doing. Um, right. So that was, so I'm really, I'm an experienced podcast uh, person as you can tell. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I am working on this outline cause I am doing an ensemble, but it, I describe it as Friday night lights meets this is us. So it's all set in a small town around a high school and a football team being led. And it's by, very, uh, very sad. It, it's, it? you know, it's, it's uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's heart. We're going to say that it's going to have some heart. <laughs> you know, these lives are, you know, they're affected. Uh, they're, they're, yeah. you know, they're, everybody's interconnected and, you know, humanity, humanity is, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, I also don't know how football works, but um, I know people are very excited. I used to be a marching band, but I got kicked out. So um, in high school, so so I never. I really don't. How do you? Football. Okay. Um, speaking I wrote of... <laughs> an essay when they were trying to punish us for trashing a bus, and I don't know. I was asleep the whole time, so I used a lot of like big words and mocked them in the essay. And they said I did not have the right attitude for marching band. You know, K-Tux, for somebody who outlines, there's a lot of holes in this story. Um, there was a lot to unpack there. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to need some flashback storytelling to yeah. understand all this those. This is I... what happens when people who outline tell stories. They just, you know, they don't know where to go and they just start, you know. And mm. uh, I feel like I, I feel like I did okay there. I, I bet um, you did. Um, speaking of uh, how to make screenplays. Uh, I found a, a YouTube channel, it's new to me, uh, called The Media Insider. Uh, I really like this guy. Uh, he has a lot of pretty decent videos, including one uh, like how he, he sort of goes through how he does his YouTube video process, which was cool. But he also has this video called How to Write and Format Screenplays Like a Pro, which is definitely the best way that I've seen someone show and not tell uh -huh, uh, how to write a script on the page. Like he goes through the mechanics of he actually he takes a scene from Joker and just writes it how he sees it or how the scene like appears. And it sort of gives you your like you an idea how you could do the same. Like this is how you see the scene in your head and this is how you put it down on the page. And this is what the mechanics are for doing this for dialogue for slug lines. And it's the best thing that I've ever seen. And it's, it's not that long. I think it's less than 15 minutes. And I feel like anyone who watches that video can take what they've seen and go out and write their own screenplay after that. Like you can, you can just do it. Um, which is, it makes it a great video. And uh, there will be a link to it in the show notes. And that is our show. Screenwriting from the Trenches can currently be found on Amazon, Anchor, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and Spotify podcasts, as well as KevinOMartin.com. Our screenwriting Twitter drama theme song was written by Zach Morrison and used with his permission. And hey, since we're a new podcast, we'd appreciate it if you dropped us a like or rated us five stars on whatever platform that you patronize because algorithms for questions for us that we can and will answer on the show my email is rob at bmofo.net you can also find us on twitter i am at bespectacle mofo i am at k underscore tux chris what are you on twitter i am at this guy tof zach is at zach morrison 18 and these things as well as my youtube channel where we have gotten full into gear with the cinema challenge series where we talk about how you make a movie for a thousand dollars uh all are linked in the show notes Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you will continue to do so.
Now, stop procrastinating. Those pages aren't going to write themselves. Thank you. Uh, Chris, thanks for being on the show with us Thank today. you, Chris. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, Katie Tuxford, it is, you're still in the doghouse because you were missing. Um, but, but, but I forgive you. I overslept. This is, this is, I was going to say, what? Well, yeah, what's Oof. the story? Yeah. Oof. Uh, yeah, I, I had gotten up really early to drive my partner to work and I got back to the house and I fell asleep again, but I never set my alarm. And so I woke up and it was noon and we were supposed to record at 11 and Rob was so mad at me and I was mad at me, but um, it's all It was good. really funny because Kay was like, she was like, hey, can we still record? And I was like, Kay talks for the interview is over. It's over. It's it was over. good. I listened to it. It was it was very good. It, it is good. Um, <laughs> but the best part is my wife listened to it and she's like, "Where were you?" She she's like, <laughs> "She's like, you were home that day." And I'm like, "I oh, know." Um, <laughs> That's the best. I didn't set my alarm and I fell asleep. And even your <laughs> wife didn't know where you were because yeah. you were missing. Happy New Year, screenwriters. Some of you out there might be hoping that 2023 is your year, but you're down in the trenches with bills and day jobs and life obstacles, keeping you from doing what you want to be doing the most, making art. But we at Bespectacle Mofo Content have devised a formula that bypasses all the nonsense, all the obstacles, and allows you to practice your craft, fill your creativity soul bank, and not break your bank account while doing it. Welcome to the Cinema Challenge Series. Our first round is the definitive take on how to make a movie for $1,000. Yes, we have done this before, but this is why the information that we have now is the most viable that it's ever been. Everything you're ever going to need or encounter on your journey all summed up in a live three-hour virtual workshop where you can not only follow along with a free exclusive workbook, but also ask questions to further tailor our advice to your specific needs. Our holiday special is over, but for listeners of this podcast, we are offering 30% off with the code BMOFO23, all caps. And with that code, you also get the holiday special of us promoting your film. All you have to do is send us the trailer for your film within a year of taking our virtual workshop, and we'll shout it out on all Bespectacle Mofo-related social media. If interested, please register with the link below or email us at rob at bmofo.net for more info. Our YouTube channel is also available with shortened versions of the content we plan to offer in the virtual workshop. Find those links in the description of this podcast, and thanks for allowing us to be a part of your journey.